Welcome to the Eskenazi Health Here For You podcast, where we go beyond the doctor's office and take a closer look at the programs that Eskenazi Health has to offer our patients and the communities we serve. My name is Brian Van Bachlen with the public affairs team at Eskenazi Health, and we are getting ready to talk about spring training, spring refreshing. Indie Mini is coming as we head into the spring, the world-famous One America 500 Festival Mini Marathon, also known as Indie Mini. It approaches, and we want to talk about uh, all the preparations and training and everything that goes in, and not just even for the Indie Mini, but anything, you know, whether it be a 5K or just living a, a healthier lifestyle as we get into uh, into the springtime here. So in our studio today, we have um, we have registered dietitian uh, Lindsay Durlam. Uh, we have uh, lifestyle wellness coach Megan Bernard, and we have uh, Eskenazi Health Wellness or Eskenazi Health Physical Therapist Liz McCarty. Welcome all three of you. Let's. Uh, so we'll jump into everything here in a second, but uh, we'll start with Megan. Just a little bit more of your background, how long you've been with Eskenazi, and what you do here. Yeah, thanks for having us. So I've been with Eskenazi for eight years now. Um, I am a wellness coach with our lifestyle wellness clinic for employees. Um, I also do personal training with the employees as well. Um, So it is a a free benefit that you have as an employee. And then I am um, with our Healthy Me program as a lifestyle wellness coach at our outpatient care clinic. Fantastic. Welcome and thank you for joining us. And Lindsay, we'll move on to you. Yes, thank you. So I work with Megan in the Lifestyle Health and Wellness Center. Um, I've been a dietitian here for 10 years now. Um, So working mostly with with employees with their kind of nutrition counseling, some wellness, um, and then a little bit in our West Side um, Health Center site. And Liz. Thanks for having us. Um, so yeah, my name's Liz. I'm actually rather new to Eskenazi. I came in in September. I've been a physical therapist for about seven years now. Before transitioning to Eskenazi, I was working at a Division II local university helping treat some athletes. So have just a lot of experience helping with general injuries and return to activity and whatever that looks like. So I'm a primarily an outpatient orthopedic therapist who works either at the downtown location or at West 38th. We're also opening an East 38th clinic next January. So um, something to look forward to as well. East 38th is going to be spectacular yeah. when it's done. I can't wait to see see it get done. All right. Um, so I want to run the mini marathon. How do I get ready for that? <laughs> <laughs> so, no, what, what's going on is uh, we have Eskenazi Health has a the mini marathon training program. Uh, is it for all patients? Is it for anyone or is it just for employees that this training program is available for? This one in particular is for employees, okay. but I mean, if we have patients that are wanting to do okay. this, then more power to them. <laughs> so so t- tell us more about the program, what what we're doing. Um, apparently, we have one of your, I told him I was going to embarrass him, Joe has signed up Woo-hoo! for the mini marathon training program. <laughs> so uh, you are free to scare him and talk him out of everything that he's about to do. Uh, but no, what, t- tell us a little bit about the mini marathon, about this program that we're, that we're working on. Yeah, so um, this it's been around for a little bit, but we haven't been able to do it because of COVID. But thankfully, we're getting back into it. So um, when someone decides to sign up with this program specifically, there's going to be um, set like calendars and weeks each day. There's a plan for you if you are a walker or a jogger, runner. Um, there's like novice, intermediate, advanced levels, and then it just really breaks down each day like how many minutes you should walk or run, um, rest days, cross training, like strength days. Um, so it really lays it all out for you. So it's really nice. So it's not something where we're meeting on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. It's a, here's your plan. 
and then it's up to you to, you know, it's an individual thing on your own and then you have check-ins. Is that how it works? Who, yeah. Anyone can jump in on these questions. Uh, yeah. I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm just throwing them out there. Yeah. So, yeah. so I think that they do have some kind of like group mm-hmm. plan, group runs planned. Um, but in addition to the plans that Megan's going to be providing, um, which is kind of like the nice thing, they get a nice like multidisciplinary mm-hmm. approach, but I will be teaching three different nutrition classes. Um, the first one is going to be focused just kind of on the overview of sports nutrition and really how important, you know, proper fueling is for running, whether it's a half marathon, a 5k, you know, any sort of kind of activity that someone wants to do. Um, we'll talk about race day fueling, post-race fueling, supplements. Um, so those are going to be on WebEx. Anybody can join live, and then we'll also be recording them and sending them out to everybody. So what goes into preparing for something like this? Obviously, I, I'd say even, even someone who's in good shape should not just wake up on a Saturday and say, I think I'm going to go run 26 miles or 13.1. It's not good. Don't. Um, so what, what is, walk us through the process of getting ready for something that is, is difficult, a mini marathon or a marathon, um, something like that. Who? Well, I think Megan kind of hit it on, on the nose, right? Like you're going to be given a program that's going to start out gradual and build you up. Um, Hopefully, as a physical therapist, you don't ever have to come see me, right? But if something comes up, that's where reaching out to a rehab professional is there outside of maybe just, oh, your hamstring's tight. Let's spend a couple more minutes stretching this or, you know, you're a little weaker in this area. Maybe focus on this in your cross training for strengthening versus like a true, wow, my knee is bothering me now every time I go out for a run. Probably shouldn't keep running on a bad knee like that. Um, But hopefully going into your training program, you feel like you don't have a lot of aches and pains going into it because taking on something like running is definitely going to put a little more stress and strain on your body. So I think the first piece of this is, you know, signing up, joining, and then figuring out where you fall based on those categories that Megan was talking about to know where you're going to start with your training program. Um, And then obviously reaching out to said provider if you need additional support on kind of managing that progression. Can you break down a little bit of what the program is? Like, how does it build up? Like, what is week one? And then where do we add things? And how does it evolve over time? Yeah, so each one's a little bit different. And I wish I would have brought it to kind of lay it out for everyone. But I just actually looked at the like advanced walker this morning, for instance. And like the first two weeks, it has you starting off with just like 20 minutes, 20 minutes of walking at like an easy pace. It breaks down to the pace. So like it'll show easy, brisk. Um, and then you'll have like a rest day on a Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, you'll have another like 20 minute um, walk with 20 minutes of like cross training or strength training, which is also really important. So doing something else besides running or walking. So like biking, swimming, Picking up some weights um, would be like cross training and then you'd have another rest day and then another like 20 minute walk. And then each week it'll increase a little bit, um, actually probably by two weeks, every two weeks or so. It'll go 20 minutes to 25 minutes to 30. So it'll be a gradual increase instead of kind of a lot all at one time. <laughs> uh, obviously, a uh, healthy diet and proper fuel goes into this. So how does how do you set someone up for something like this, especially maybe if they need to come off of the the holiday eating stuff <laughs> and all of that? So how does that go, you know, so you don't just like yank everything out from someone mm-hmm. all at once? Yeah, well, I think, you know, especially as their training progresses, 
appetite tends to, you know, increase as well. And so making sure that they are knowing what foods to fuel with, kind of what, you know, carbohydrates and proteins and fats do to the body, how they help with training, um, and also how they really help with injury prevention. So we want to make sure that someone is eating the right types of food and also the right amount of food. Um, Often, Folks aren't eating enough to kind of build up their glycogen stores, especially as they're getting kind of deeper into their training. Um, so that would be kind of what we're really working on as the training progresses. The eating kind of has to progress as well, um, especially with those carbohydrates. And people are often scared of carbohydrates. <laughs> it's tricky. It's a, uh-huh. I, well, I, I'm going to come back to that question in a second when we get to kind of the more jokey stuff about it. But so when someone is training, I yeah, because I have a legit question, but we'll, we'll get when someone's training. Um, what are some of the things? Because it's always listen to your body. Your body will tell you what's going on. So how? What are the signs that they need to be watching for that I guess is uh, differing the difference between, yeah, you're sore, it's going to hurt, and uh, sorry to crush your dreams, but sure. you're injured. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, so I think first phase is like gradual buildup, right? Mm-hmm. Oftentimes we jump into certain things too quickly, and that's where injury can definitely increase rather dramatically. The next component is listening to your body, differences between – dull, achy, sore, but once I get moving, it usually loosens up, usually feels a little bit better compared to sharp shooting, stabbing type of pain that it doesn't go away once you start moving. Um, And I'm going to give a presentation on one aspect is kind of like common reasons why people think that they're going to have an injury and kind of debunking those, right? Like there's a lot of uh, popular opinion about the right shoes when you run. And so just kind of pulling in some literature that's looked at that, talking about, well, actually, shoes don't matter as much as we think they do. They don't? Nope. So you want a shoe that is comfortable yeah. and you want a shoe that's changed out regularly. But um, as far as like if your foot's flat, you need to be in a high arch shoe. Or if your foot is um, super high, you need a more cushioned shoe. There's a not as much literature to support that compared to what uh, popular opinion and shoe companies have come to bring us to our attention to. But there are some different styles. Like you wouldn't want to sure. run in like a wrestling boot or something. Correct. I mean, so yeah. yeah okay. Just making sure. <laughs> cause I, cause yeah, I've been out like in some cross training shoes. Like these are not fun to run in right. at all. Well, so. and that's where the comfortable, yeah. the comfort comes in, right? Like you should put that shoe on, take a run and it should feel good mm-hmm. to be in your foot. It's not the whole break it in type of mantra that maybe our parents taught us growing up. Right. I, I was always told that as soon as your shoe feels broken in, it's that's the one it's time to change <laughs> it. As soon as it feels really comfortable, <laughs> you're out, you know? So yeah, that's so. Yeah. Um, would you have any more? Sorry, I'm cutting no, you off okay. and all of this. Um, so. so yeah, so kind of debunking some of those kind of common myths and then kind of things to be aware of certain places where you might experience pain. There's a whole kind of phenomena around runner's knee. There's a lot of different places pain can pop up in the knee for those folks. Um, and then other things issues that sometimes runners come across shin splints foot pain which is kind of more like a plantar fasciitis type of pain and then like an achilles tendinopathy so like back of the heel pain um and then how to obtain a referral um to come see us so um 
we want to have something more formal where you have time and have access to us and kind of have that full in-depth approach of what's going on at the mechanical level, right? Like it's easier to just say, oh, you got knee pain, do this one exercise. Usually the knee's bothering you because something above or below the chain is not working well. So coming to see us to try to address those causes versus just treating some symptoms. Is there anything, I guess, above the waist that is caused by running or anything like your core. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things we look in with a running analysis, if you have a lot of excessive kind of rotation through your trunk, meaning you're not able to keep your core nice and strong and stable, you're going to create changes lower downstream to accommodate that. So for someone listening, we're talking about the, uh, the marathon training program here at Eskenazi health, but for someone who's listening to this and saying, this sounds great. I have no interest in running a marathon, but I'd love to do the training. I want it. It sounds awesome. I am not going anywhere near one of those things. Is this program accessible for them? Um, and how could, how could someone like that get involved with it? Yeah, absolutely. I'll be honest. I am not a runner. I do not love running. I'm right there <laughs> with you. I'm like, oh, I could do the walking. Like, I'm okay with the walking component. Um, yeah, so it's available to anyone. And and that's too where like meeting one-on-one with Lindsay and myself can come into play and we can kind of adjust accordingly. Or if, you know, if maybe the training is too long or too short, like we can adjust as needed too if they don't want to have like that end date of kind of how this training goes. So there's definitely room for adjustment as needed. So what happens, uh, that's a good lead in there. What happens after this program's over? Um, what, what tools do we have to keep people motivated? So it's not just a, Hey, I I did all of this to run the mini minis over it's may now what, you know? So, uh, how, what happens after I, I don't know if it's the goal or what, whatever the, the initial objection, uh, objective is met. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so for me as a health coach and personal trainer for employees, they have access to me for, for free as a resource. Um, so they could always meet with me one-on-one, um, discuss any like future exercise goals. Um, I'm available to meet like in person for personal trainings. Um, we do different like group exercise classes that are available. So we have all kinds of things available for employees through um, like our Lifestyle Wellness Center and also through wellness. We're always trying to think of different challenges and things to keep our employees motivated because um, that can happen, right? If we have that kind of like extrinsic motivation. So something that we're like externally working towards like a race or like an end date to something. Um, got to kind of figure out what that next goal will be to keep them going. Fantastic. And then, uh, talking about, you know, what we eat to train for something, what are some quick, easy tips you might be able to give right now? Like, Hey, this is great to eat right before you work out. Uh, like what are some of those marquee things? Yeah. So, There are going to be, I guess, two kind of things to consider whenever it comes to kind of getting the most out of your workouts with fueling. And before a run, you want to really focus on carbohydrate, Um, simple to digest carbohydrates. You don't want to do a bunch of high fiber foods, a bunch of fatty, greasy foods. Otherwise, you're going to be pretty miserable stomach wise during your run. We don't want that. Um, So something just like a banana, piece of toast, granola bar. um, And then probably more importantly would be after your run, you really want to work on refueling your muscles, kind of repairing them, building up those glycogen stores. And that's where a carbohydrate plus protein would be great. Um, Something like a glass of chocolate milk, 
a yogurt with some fruit, um, protein bar, protein shake, turkey sandwich, any of those would be kind of good options. Um, Then if we're getting into longer runs, you know, as the training progresses and you're running more than like an hour to an hour and a half at a time, you want to fuel during your run. Um, So whether you're getting like the little kind of sports gels or chews, or you can use good old like jelly beans, raisins. Um, There's a lot of kind of good options there, but again, kind of plain, simple carbohydrates. It's amazing what you can eat while you're in the process of doing it. It's like, yeah, just take, seriously, take a handful of sugar. It'll get you to the, <laughs> to the finish line. Don't do it afterwards, but in the moment you could just, you, but um, so, so yeah. So what are some of those things that people would be surprised that you would be like, you're a dietitian and you're telling me to eat what? Like, what are some of those? Well, I do always say jelly beans during the run mm-hmm. because it's like Easter kind of happens yeah, around yeah. the time where like the long runs are. So <laughs> I always use jelly beans. Um, but it's really just, I mean, carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. And it's actually a pretty significant amount of carbohydrate that somebody needs um, throughout the day, plus pre and post run to really get the most out of their runs. Otherwise, you're going to feel miserable. You're going to be tired. You're not mm-hmm. going to recover as easily. You're going to have injuries. Um, so bunch bunch of carbs, um, but good healthy carbs, you know, with those complex carbs and high fiber sources. Um, but yeah, carbs are kind of the big one. And jelly beans, eat that, eat that sugar. <laughs> <laughs> well, everything, like I remember uh, years and years and years ago, you watch uh, Ray Lewis when he was playing football, these workouts that he would go through. But afterwards, he would always just dive into this bag of gummy bears. It's like, this is, you have to stay happy. And he's just like, just with Ray Lewis size hands, just pounding gummy bears into him. He's like, yeah, it's great. Um, okay, so explain carb loading and carbohydrates and is it just like in an urban legend that the day before a marathon people go to the local italian restaurant and load on as much pot which seems like would just be disgusting come the next morning but can you ex- explain some of those those things yeah so you do need to carbo load it's maybe not a huge pasta meal the mm-hmm. day before um you really should be thinking about carb loading like the whole week of the event so three to four days before start increasing your carbohydrates not significantly not to where you're you know just stuffed and kind of miserable feeling um but you do want to eat a little bit more um, than you normally would plus with a good protein source um, but the night before is going to be, you know, just as important as the days leading up. But you really don't want to overdo it. Um, otherwise, you are going to feel pretty miserable the next morning and not want to go run 13 miles. Um, and that's when you really want to do easy to digest foods. That's when you want to kind of go against traditional dietitian advice and you don't want to do the fiber. You don't want to do um, those complex carbs nearly as much just for the GI aspect. Yeah, I, I would think, yeah, if you're out there going and yeah. It's <laughs> uh-huh. And that's why you don't want to try anything new either. Yeah. Don't experiment with different foods or different like running fuels during the race because they generally don't don't agree with you. Yeah. Um, it, so how can people get involved with this program if they want to sign up, they want to follow Joe and his uh, – and his thing. Sorry, man. You you told me. I told you. You're gonna you're gonna regret telling me you signed up for this thing. But um, no. How can people go go about getting involved with this program if they wanna? Yeah. So they could reach out to um, Jeff Noyd. He's our wellness manager. Or you can email um, the wellness at eskenazihealth.edu. Um, or if you're someone that's worked with Lindsay and myself, you could always reach out to us as well. And then, is there anything else we haven't hit on that we need to touch on, um, just to make sure we get it out there involving this? I don't. Nothing comes to mind. Who all is who all is running in the Indy Mini? Uh, Joe's running. Are you gonna? I actually 
did not follow good advice yeah. and I'm really injured right now. <laughs> yes. So I'm, my soul is hurting. I'm hoping to be able to run. Um, but yeah, I, I did not follow PT advice and I've got some Achilles problems. So we'll what, see. Fingers crossed. <laughs> what do you think is the draw to mini marathons and marathons? Um, I don't want to say they're polarizing, but they are huge events and the people who do them love them and then the people who look at people like they're crazy look at them like they're like there's no ag it's okay when it comes to stuff like so what is it a sense of accomplishment like what is it about running that really attracts people yeah i think it is a sense of accomplishment but i think especially too with like the indie mini it's such a tradition mm -hmm. um like i know for myself personally like i've done it for probably like 15 years with like my dad and my best friend and we always do it together and you kind of can expect the same thing along the course you have the the bagpipers and you know you run by the zoo and there's lots of people out cheering and it almost feels kind of like a party um but you know it's at 7 a.m. and you're running. Yeah. But it's, it's just like a it's fun really time. Cold. Yeah. It's or it's raining and you're yeah. in a trash bag, you know? But that's kind of some of the, the fun part of yeah. it. You don't really know what to expect and it might be terrible, but for some reason, you know, that's that's still fun. So it's endorphins that runners yeah. high. Um for someone who's um who's curious about trying this out, would you would you tell them Indie Mini is a good place to start? Would you direct them more towards a 5K? Or like I how did how do you step into something like this? Obviously, uh, there's time to train, um, but where? what's a good entry point to someone who's just interested in giving it a shot? I personally think the mini is a good place to start, even if you walk, run it, and just kind of push yourself and see kind of how it goes. Of course, you're going to try some 5Ks within your training program along the way. The other nice thing is you're going to be doing a bulk of your training during months when it's not 90 degrees and humid, which the monumental is when more of that training is going to come. So, and kind of like um, what Lindsay said, like there's a huge aura around May in Indy and just the support. And yeah, if you want to join this program, you, you got a whole team behind you. So what better time to maybe try something like this, knowing you've got a support system in place for you. So with this, when you said you have a whole team behind you, is this, uh, if you sign up for this, are you, are you part of the Eskenazi team that's running in the Indy mini is, is there going to be a bit of a communal or is everyone's kind of truly doing it on their own? Great question, Brian. Okay. <laughs> well, you just said, yeah, you have people supporting. So I wasn't sure if on Indie Mini Day, they're like, look, everyone who's run, who's done this program, if you want, meet us at X Corner and we'll all go down and run together. I don't know if that's. I'm sure yeah. that that is an option. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would think so, but I don't know if there's a. Probably depends on how many people yeah. join the program, okay. right? Yeah. And everybody's at a different place within their running uh, mile pace. <laughs> so it might be something like, yeah, let's, there's 20 people. So starting here, just kind of know you got a place to be if you want to meet other people that have also joined the Eskenazi group. So maybe something to bring up to Jeff. Um, and then recognizing that everybody's going to be at a different place within their run. So. So I guess different. then for this, this it's open to, you know, it's open to anyone. It's not, you know, if you're a semi-pro runner, it's better. It's come on in. We'll, we'll take it all. Absolutely. 
How busy are you going to be the Monday after? <laughs> That's what I'm, I kind of brought that up to Jeff. I was like, do we have a plan in place for what the influx of referrals are going to be for coming into PT? So again, if there's an interest to just have a PT to talk to about other ways to kind of recover outside of what we've already provided within this kind of training program, um, and you want that support, we've talked kind of briefly, maybe having a booth in like the lobby or something to just have somebody there. So if that's something that you're interested in, I would say kind of mention that, push that to Jeff. And then if we have enough people that are kind of interested, then hopefully we can make that happen. And then what are some home things that people can do in their training that might keep them out of your office down the road uh, that you can maybe provide, you know, obviously stretching, but specific stretches or then what to do right after you're done training or whatever you do for the day? I'd say probably as we you start increasing your training load and your legs are just starting to feel like jelly underneath you, right? Like you're getting tired, your muscles are getting tired. Being able to have good stability in your leg and good kind of balanced proprioceptive control is a big piece of it. So outside of maybe what a training program, cross-training program looks like for weight training, um, I'm going to provide a couple other like neuromuscular control exercises where you're doing some version of standing on one leg and controlling your balance. So is that reaching forward? Is that kind of doing some rotational movements with like a medicine ball? So making sure you've got good single leg control, because that's what has to happen when you run. Then how does, uh, how does rest and recovery play into this when you're going through a training process? Uh, at least one day a week, two days on day, like, uh, definitely depends on where you're falling within that, uh, I guess when you're up walker. and yeah. Okay. So are you a walker? Are you a jogger or are oh, you, you got a- me. just call it a jogger? Okay. <laughs> jogger. So yeah, I would say if you're running and as you're, you know, probably at least one or two days off a week or doing a moderate version of the intense exercise that you're doing just to let your body recover. Or maybe it's more of kind of in the PT world, like a mobility day where you're just doing stretches or joint mobilization, just kind of moving your joints, but not loading them as much. Um, and then this, it really just comes down to ongoing listening to your body, right? Like we've got a training program, but not everybody's body is the same. And so you may have an old injury that you're still kind of rehabbing, but it's not really bothering you, but knowing that I might need to pull back a little bit and that's okay. Um, so I think at least one or two days and then potentially just doing a not total, I'm going to lay on the couch and veg type of day, but, uh, can I just do a walk or do something a little bit easier to kind of keep moving, but not overstress my joints. So did you get to have an, I told you so moment with, uh, with Lindsay at all? <laughs> we're still working out the details. So are you still, we're still coming to terms with, with, with how we got here. I, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, is, is there anything else that, that we need to hit on for this? Obviously, uh, there'll be information in the daily about it. EskenaziHealth.edu for, uh, but for employees to get in touch with and then reach out to the health and wellness, Jeff Noyed uh, can help get anything else. Is there any, anything else we need to make sure that we get on the record here? I think we got it all. Yeah. 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 What do you say to someone who's on the fence? Just do it. Just do it. Yeah. Do it. Okay. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for coming in. I uh, appreciate you taking the time with us. Thank you for explaining carbo loading. <laughs> I, it's crazy. My uncle used to run marathons and he would come in for the Chicago marathon all the time. And we would go and have a get together at this very famous Italian restaurant that did family style servings, but they'd just be these massive bowls. Uh-huh. And he, and he was a very slender guy. He running for years, but that, 
And I remember even as a 10-year-old, I'm looking at him putting all this pasta down going, that is going to be a rock in your mm-hmm. stomach come tomorrow. And he'd go out and do it. No big deal. And that mm-hmm. was it, you know? So it's <laughs> just, just wild. Um, anyway, so you can get all of our episodes, Eskenazi Health, here for you podcast, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts. You can find us on all the social channels at Eskenazi Health, here for you. Uh, Rachel, we didn't let you try out your, your microphone today. We got, we got Rachel. Are you going to do the marathon? You know what? I think I'm going to let Joe be the, the Eskenazi Health team captain, and then I'll, I'll be his cheerleader. We'll, we'll, we'll have our podcast team out there. Do we still – we need to get merch, though. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get merch. Okay. Thank you guys all for, for coming in and, and taking some time with us, and we'll talk to you all next time on the Eskenazi Health Here For You podcast. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Eskenazi Health Here For You podcast. To hear all of our previous episodes, please subscribe to our channel on SoundCloud by searching Eskenazi Health. Thank you.